Optimal health for high performers. This is the Health Upgrade Podcast with Dr. Nawaz Habib. Hi guys, it's Dr. Habib. I'm really uh, looking forward to today's talk with uh, Andrew Skopik. Uh, Andrew Skopik is a really good friend of mine, and I'm just going to do a quick bio so that we can get uh, going and you can learn a ton about the super high-performing, amazing gentleman. So Andrew Skopik is a certified badass, transformational strategist, high-performance coach, and the founder of the Ultimate Potential Academy. He serves go-getters, movers, and shakers, and those hungry for more in their life and business on a global scale by helping them increase their levels of energy focus, confidence, productivity, influence, and necessity. He has spent decades exploring why a large portion of society barely gets by and survives while others are able to thrive. He has been trained in elite level, high performance training, functional medicine, lifestyle design, and technology, as well as Botecchio breathing practices, and has invested more in his personal growth in the last few years than most people do in their entire university education. He did this to find out what it takes to unlock that next level and to never look back. And I will strongly attest to this. Andrew Skopik is an amazing gentleman and I'm really excited about our call today. Thank you so much for joining me today and uh, for being such an important part of my journey. Oh, it's, it's great to be here, my pleasure. And uh, it has been uh, great being along the journey with you. So so thanks again for having me here and and hopefully uh, you know we, we can get down to some, some insights and some truth bombs today. 100%. There's never been anybody that I've personally met that shows up with as much intensity, as much just presence as you have. For me, such an important piece of, of the puzzle and something that I've struggled with for many years in, in the different roles that I play is showing up and really being present in every place in my life and, and take a lot of what you do as inspiration for how to show up and the coaching that we've done together has been a big piece of that. I want to dig back and try to learn more about your story. I know it, but I want to be able to share that with our audience today. So why don't you tell me, why don't we, we step back into old androscopic days and what made you up level? What was the story and what was that journey for you? Yeah, great, great question. And I mean, you know, showing up and up leveling presence, engagement. I mean, this is a, a really important topic right now with the, with the state of the the world and the current climate we're seeing, whether it's political or emotional, you name it. So, you know, the earliest, most fond memory that I have at the time wasn't so fond, but I was in high school and I was the, the kid that kind of just kept to himself. And, and I guess that wasn't okay. And a certain number of other students decided, you know, the more popular ones decided that, hey, let's take Andrew's hat. Hey, let's let's give him a hard time. Hey, let's make fun of him in front of a group. And, and there was this, this point where it was like, it wasn't feeling great. I mean, I believe I was in grade 10 at the time. And, and I knew something felt off. I'm like, why are they treating me like this? Why is it that, you know, I seem to be a target? Why, why don't they choose that kid over there who looks, never mind, we won't go there. But so there was this, this turning point where I decided I could get mad or I could get better or I could get even or I could even level up. And and at the time, I obviously didn't know what that looked like, but I immediately decided somehow I was drawn into, you know, studying more and started pursuing training, physical training. And it was in a, at that stage in, in my life where I started to go into the extracurricular. You know, I didn't have the confidence to go on the teams yet any of the, the school sports teams, but I was very active. You know, I grew up in the country. And so, you know, when, when I'm working out after school in the weight training room and I'm studying and I'm, I'm getting pretty solid marks, it became obvious that that felt like a turning point. And, you know, just as this sort of first level came about, it was then the bullies from earlier that wanted me to be their trainer to help them because they started discovering that this guy seems to be growing in an unusual fashion. And I was doing just by being healthy, right? Li li living a great life. So that was a big turning point where I was like, you know what, it felt good, it felt good. The girls were talking to me differently, the, the guys were respecting me. I even remember one time 
And this I'll never forget is one of the bullies, we were in the locker room after phys ed class. You know, you don't, you're not supposed to call it gym class. It's physical education. <laughs> and he came up to me and he saw me drinking something. It was a shake, protein shake. And he goes, what is that? I go, it's a protein shake. Why? He goes, can I have some? And I don't know where this came from, but at the time I just said, hey, it's interesting that all of a sudden I'm good enough to talk to. And I said it in front of the entire group of guys, most of which were in the underwear, including me. And he was taken aback. So were the other guys. And from that point, it felt like I actually started to create some respect. And that was a turning point. I was like, hey, you know what? You go ahead and pick on me. I'll see you over here. I'll see you over here. I'll be bigger, better, and stronger. And I, and I just, I'm just really glad I didn't reach for some of the other things people go for when they're, you know, cornered. You know, there, a lot of addictions start at young age. So that's kind of where I feel like it, it all started. And uh, yeah, so I love that. And for me, there were a couple of lines that really stuck out there. The, the decision, and and it is absolutely a decision. It's a choice to either get mad or to get better. And just that decision and being conscious of that decision, being aware of the the choice that you're making there plays such a huge role in then being able to create the confidence that's required to be comfortable in yourself, to show up the way that you want to show up. And that was obviously a huge turning point and a huge uh, stepping stone for you to get into upgrading yourself, upgrading your life, upgrading your health, and not letting the actions of the environment around you hold you back. Yeah. I mean, the key is I see a lot of people blaming their circumstances. Oh, well, it's my wife, my husband, my kids, my coworker, my boss, my environment. I don't have the house or the this, the car. And the more that I I look at that, you know, it's really obvious that most people, all they want is immediate results. We want immediate results. We want to be confident now. But what they're missing is that this started when I was, you know, 15, 16 years old. And 25 years later, yeah, you're darn right. There's a boatload of confidence, but it wasn't always that way. There was ups, there were downs. But, you know, the problem is we're not being conscious. And you kind of said it is we need to be consistently more conscious. Otherwise, we go into, you know, fight or flight, and we just move over to what the TV gives us, what the news gives us, what that person who means well, says well, does well, but puts you into a a position where you're not feeling sure about what it is you're doing. So consciousness, I mean, being conscious, that does take some work in order to get confident, right? Consistency in between there. So yeah, great, great point there. I want to dig further into kind of where you then went and, and the journey in regards to your health. I know there were some health challenges that came up and things that you needed to manage. And and I want to see how that progressed in your journey and, and how that allowed you to up-level even further. Yeah. So, you know, I, I see myself, you know, high school, we move into the final year at that time, OAC, grade 13, doesn't exist anymore, just grade 12 and you're done. And I got introduced to bioscientific perspective, the science of the human body. And my favorite teacher, Mr. Wally Stankov, rocking and rolling. And he would always, in phys ed class in those years growing up, leading up to that final year, he, well, I was always the role model student. Look at Scopey do the push-ups. Look at Scopey do the flex arm hang. Look at Scopey do the laps. And he would talk about, you know, the people smoking as cements. And so... I, I was blessed and fortunate to progress into this, this state come grade 13. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do with this? And it was that class, understanding the human body, looking at it differently. I even remember one of the, one of the actual assignments we had to create out of plasticine or Play-Doh, some part of the human body. And with the help of my younger brother, I actually smashed it out of the park and we did an entire forearm with the hand and almost like you were peeling back the skin. I was really obsessed with why some people's bodies, why, why does that guy's calves look like that? Why does that guy's forearms look so beefy? And so it got to a point there where I was like, I knew I love the body, let's go. And so I got into university doing kinesiology and understanding again at a deeper level, the physics, mechanics, 
kinetics of, of the human system. And then I graduated with honors, most of the time, really, truly procrastinating. Like I, I, I partied a fair bit. I, I enjoyed it. I absorbed it. I felt like I was a sponge and other people would work a lot harder and nowhere get near get the mark. So, you know, I'm fortunate, but it was after university, I got a real wake up call that I wasn't ready for the workplace. You know, I started with personal training and, and, you know, physical assessments and that didn't work because I clearly wasn't being respected and there was some stuff going on behind the scenes. So I, I started to actually bite down into the sales world, introduced into sales. But this is around the time, Navaz, that my mom started to strangely get like she was off. At first, it was just she said she was tired, abnormally tired. Then she started saying her body was aching and there were pain and there was like and these complaints. Well, you know, I was I was the health guy in the family. So let's go check out the doctor. Let's go to this specialist. No answers. And yet her body progressed. Every joint aching, sharp pains. And this was also at a time where a lot of the, the drinking and the weight training and stuff, I started noticing. I was like, you know, I, I feel like my body, there's something off. Like, and, and, and so I'm going through this personal question while seeing my mom laid out quite literally no one helping her, everyone saying, well, it's not arthritis. And it was that point in time, I was about 24 years old, I made a trip to a local chapters Indigo location. And I just said to myself, I'm going to find something in here today that's going to lead me to the next step. And I remember looking, 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 health section, health. And finally, I saw a book on preventing arthritis and healing it. And it got me really interested. It got me understanding, oh, what's MSM? Oh, what's Arnica? Oh, we need more blood flow and started looking at a lot of the basics that people don't do. You know, it's too, it's too easy not to do. So you don't bother doing it. And over the next four to six weeks, that one book and my focus on my mom, she became pain-free and she's actually been pain-free since. And it's just really interesting that at the same time, kind of going through my own questions of, you know, why, why are my nerves shaking? Oh, mercury fillings. Oh, anxiety. Oh, I was stuttering constantly. Even my fourth year thesis in university, I was stuttering constantly. And now I can, you know, really calm it down. But my nervous system was on fire. So just to kind of give you the early context there, you know, things progressed. Things were great. I got into health and wellness on the side while I'm doing the sales thing. And it wasn't enough because in my early 30s, what started out as some fatigue and weakness, I noticed my muscles weren't staying as robust. So I was like, whoa, that's why am I, why am I feeling skinnier? I started getting some comments from even my, my mom. And I started noticing chest tightness, wheezing, difficulty breathing, irregular bowel movements in the uh, don't go for four or five days type. And I didn't quite understand what was going on. And well, over the coming two years, it just worsened to a point where I literally like scientifically shouldn't be here right now. And this is, this is based on a number of people that I, I brought into my world so I could learn how to breathe again. I could figure out functionally what was going on. And so that's when I jumped into FDN and learning, you know, functional medicine on the inside, but not really realizing that I'm just a hobbyist at this point, I need a pro. And so, you know, as you start to look for these answers, it took years and years to get my head right, concentration, memory gone. Couldn't memorize anything. I, you know, it just, everything felt like it was off and I lost about 40 pounds of lean strength. And it's funny, it's a joke now, but it's like, got rid of the wardrobe because it was too loose, bought a new wardrobe, grew some, that wardrobe was too tight, grew some more. And it's like, damn, I wish I had kept a bunch of the stuff when I was that, that size before, but you know, long story short, it's just, I had to get to the root of it and not having the clarity and the purpose. My relationships were a struggle and a challenge or a lot of intensity there. You know, I haven't mastered my lifestyle. I didn't know why I wanted to master it. What was it for? What do I do? And I got really punched literally from every which way, you know, completely empty bank in debt and it was at that point I made a decision 
to stop selling the shower filters, air systems, all the little things I was doing. And I said, I'm the product. I'm done selling other people's products. And maybe they'll come back. But right now, it clearly something's not working. And I was doing trade shows and health shows. And I was really creating a, a nice wave out there in, in the Toronto health scene. But it wasn't going the right direction. It didn't feel right. And then that's where you just, you know, one step at a time, figuring out the pieces in that. So, yeah. And then, then came 2015, 16. And I started applying the principles, the science of high performance alongside how to function well, how to think well, eat well, move well, sleep well, how to have better relationships. And over the last four or five years, it's almost like I've stepped into someone else's life multiple times. I love that. And the thing that I've noticed in your journey there is the level up tends to happen whenever there's a mentorship relationship. When somebody shows up to help you see past what you don't know, right? It's that understanding that you know so much and it's going to get you so far. But every so often, somebody shows up in your story. Somebody shows up at a different level, at a different time when the student is ready, the teacher will appear type of uh, relationship. And your uh, Wally showed up at gym class, right? The Preventing Arthritis book was a mentorship product in itself, helped you level up your mom's health and your health and understand the functional stuff and look into natural ways of healing. And then you were able to level up into sales as needed. And you were able to level up into becoming the health product yourself when you associated yourself around people that were in a very similar area in a very similar mindset and had progressed just past you one one level up and and were able to help pull you into a new positive yeah i mean the one thing i will tell you is when i'm getting into that preventing arthritis stuff help my mom i started experimenting i mean that's when i discovered ruibos tea and pomegranate juice and i was 25 26 and I went on a, a trip with my father to visit family out Western Canada. And I came back and people literally were like, dude, you look like you got younger. What happened? So those were some of the early days of like, you can get young, <laughs> you can get refreshed, you can, you can heal. But then I started getting some headaches and realized, oh, I was taking too much grapeseed extract. Oh, you know, I had this really bad stomach ache. Oh, I was taking too much ginger root. And I actually drove myself to the emergency room. And they're just like, what's going on? So, you know, in this process, I'm thankful I was experimenting with certain things, natural things, because if I've been experimenting with other things like drugs, it may not have just been a stomach ache. It could have been a symptom that might have, uh, as we probably recognize, would have gone a different direction. So, you know, it's all these learning curves and pivots. Oh, too much, not enough. What about this? The right mixture. You know, you got to sequence things, titrate. But, you know, here you're right. It's along the way, you know, got to meet you and the Living Proof crew, Living Proof Institute, started to, you know, really learn from some of the world's best and, and figuring out, like, what do I need? What do I need? And then realizing, hey, now that you have what you need, you got to apply it. you got to do it consistently. And so, you know, where we're at now, it's like, wow, looking at the, you know, the biohacking going on. we got the Aura Ring here. we got the Garmin transmitter monitoring me. And it's like, how am I having 100% battery every morning? How am I waking up to a 90, 90 plus sleep? That was always a challenge. And now that we got that robust energy, who needs it, right? And, and for all the roles you're talking about too, father, husband, et cetera, like, you know, we need that energy because the world needs us, yeah. you know? And you're like, hey, you know, Andrew, let's talk about showing up. Who needs you on your A game, right? Is it your daughter? Is it your up and coming. And again, you know, toast to you. I'm excited for, for your second on the way, your wife, like you got to show up at home. You got to show up at work. You got to show up for your clients, your patients, your family, yourself. And that's a big juggling act. You know, I, I tend to look at things sort of like a, like a ball of yarn, many, many, many colors all tangled up. And what we have to do is we got to just start by removing one color at a time, just saying, Hey, you know, how am I showing up for me? How am I showing up for my family? How am I showing up for my clients? How should I be showing up? And I would say one of the greatest things is that I thrived on feedback. Even if it was feedback in my 20s and my 30s, you know, I started seeking out even, I had a, you know, my rich dad, he was in the automotive industry. I actually, my family's in the automotive sector. 
And I was doing that thing while I was learning this thing and struggling on that thing. But along the way, it's like starting to learn from the right people with the right mindset saying, yeah, I'm going to be like that person. I want to have that. And it's nice. You know, I don't like to word, use the word outgrow, but it's really nice when you can catch up in a race where it feels like, hey, there's quite a bit of distance here and how they show up confidently and what I know they're they're wearing or, and, and how they're showing up and, you know, probably what's in the bank account and being able to catch up, make progress because my 30s were spent with a lot of learning and a lot of challenges and a lot of connecting dots and getting bumped off road. And then it's like, okay, this is not over. Now, what do we do? And I, I mean, you, you said it earlier, it's like showing up, showing up for whom? Now, sometimes showing up for yourself isn't enough. It's like, well, you know, I'll show up when I feel like it. Feel like it? You know, how, how you, when you feel like it, what else are you saying that to? Yeah, I'll finish that thing when I feel like it. You know, showing up literally is you telling the universe, I'm here, I'm ready, you know, send me the people, the doors, the, the circumstances to help me on my path and to provide service to those at a greater level than even being paid for. So love it, man. Love it. I'm finding a lot of parallels with what you're talking about in, in showing up and the science of showing up and having a reason and a clarity to showing up and the different roles that we play to yeah. the book by Todd Herman, The Alter Ego Effect, one of my favorite books of all time, where Todd talks about different experiences, different times when people need to show up in different circumstances or in a different way. And they need to show up at a level that's different. So in a different role, let's say, for example, I've got multiple hats that I need to put on. I need to put on my dad hat at certain times, my husband yeah. hat, business owner hat, doctor hat. And there's different roles that we need to play. And in the science of showing up, a big piece of that is being able to draw or being able to pull the specific tools, the specific mindset of people that succeed in each of those roles. Yeah. Yeah. So let's say, for example, the science of being the best doctor possible. Who are you channeling? What are, what are the specific tools that that person has that somebody else doesn't? What are the specific tools that the best husband has and, yeah. and the role that you've seen in your past, whether it's like, for example, my dad plays a major role as the husband that showed up and did what needed to be done yeah. and being able to draw those things out. I want to talk a little bit about the science and the ability to show up in those different roles and being able to pull some of the, the same tools to, to then be able to just be able to take one hat off and be able to put the next hat on. Yeah. So, so if you want, if you want to talk science, you know, the man himself, Brendan Bouchard, his name has to come up, you know, he's responsible for the world's largest performance study ever conducted, you know, from the assessments, the questionnaires, the interviews, the coaching, et cetera, there were, I believe over 2 million data points. And from it, they started to take a look at, Hey, what are, what are these people at, you know, the top 15% in the top 15%. So let's just say there's a, um, you know, a, a reporter or a photographer, any particular designation you can think of, there are top people in each and every industry. And they looked at the top of the top and they said, what are they doing differently? And there were habits responsible for this specific behavior consciously, or maybe it was something like they were brought up with and they didn't even really know, hey, to, you know, to, to have courage because at a young age, their parents instilled that, but not all parents push their children the same way. And so when you're talking about showing up, you know, the actual phrase in the science is engagement, full engagement or presence, engagement, full engagement with life. And if you think about it, when, you know, you're watching a movie, I mean, most of us are watching a movie. But then when we get to a lecture, a workshop, a seminar, we're on a call with, a, with our team or we're even, you know, working with a client, coaching them, doing whatever you do, it's really easy to get distracted. And that I would say is the biggest, biggest threat. What I call, I like to use the word kryptonite. You know, it's shiny, it's flashy. It's really obvious that there are just so many distractions that are preventing us from maintaining that focus. 
And that focus is required. And that happens to be one of the six high performance habits, the HP six, you know, seeking clarity, creating clarity and focus, because otherwise then you show up at home. Good luck showing up for your family because you're not engaged. You get out of the car, you're, you're tired, but had you showed up differently at work, taking breaks, hydrating enough, having some fruit, some snacks, stretching, movement, right? Putting on some music, getting into a higher state. You'd notice you show up at home and you got more in the tank. You got more in the bucket to pour into other buckets. And so the phrase is actually life engagement or full engagement. And really what they've discovered, you know, what is a high performer? Well, there's really three tenets. The first one is that they have joy. And I, I know sometimes it's like, ah, joy, that sounds, I don't know if I relate to that, but here's the thing. When was the last time you just, you were having so much fun and emotionally you were in that higher state, that higher place. Now, if we look at the various emotional states, joy is at the top, you know, even love. And, and so as you look at that, it's like, where do I find my joy? Now, maybe we've lost that. We've been distracted from it. It's like, you don't find joy, you know, sitting on a couch, you know, channel surfing. At times, yeah, you might say, hey, you know, I'm feeling joyful right now. I'm going to watch my favorite show, you know, take one show and end it, take one dip and end it. But like, you know, as you start looking at joy and engagement, there's also confidence here. And, and you said it earlier, Navaz, too. It's like, you know, if you're not feeling confident or competent, you're less likely to try it. You're, le you're, you're less likely to intervene to support family because you're like, well, I think they're going to retaliate. I think they're not going to receive my care, or my, my words. So I actually think what we need to do, and you mentioned this, like there are all these rules, start looking at each one individually. And so as an example, let's say you're talking about, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm a father, you know, or I'm a mother, then that would probably be something like guardian. I'm a, I'm a guardian. And you're like, Oh, I'm a guardian guardian. Yeah. I, I protect and I look after. But, you know, some cases you're like, how did that call go? You know, that that prospect call, that person I invited to engage with didn't go as well. Well, maybe you want to be an observer and you want to fly overhead to say, hey, what what went on? You know, maybe I was distracted. Maybe I wasn't focused. Maybe I wasn't engaged showing up and they felt it right? because they asked something and then I wasn't quite there for the punch or I missed the emotion that they attached. So I wasn't really reading them. You know, you could even look at warrior. That's another role. So it's like, hey, like, you know, without getting into it, but men are killers. That's unfortunately that, like, if you go back 10,000 years, we're warriors. We're hunters, we're gatherers. We're meant to defend our family and we're meant to engage in battle if necessary. And I think the more and more men disconnect from that primal state, from nature, and, and believe you me, I'm not telling you to go out there and start hunting <laughs> people or anything. Do not go there. What I'm simply suggesting is that there's another state, there's another place inside of us that wants to be expressed. And, you know, if you also look at the role of being a lover, right? It's like, hey, how, how am I giving, how am I caring for my other, you know? And what's their love languages? What's their acts? or words, you know, so there's a lot of different ways you can look at these roles and just think of them like, hey, Clark Kent isn't always Superman. Superman is not always Clark Kent. It's, you know, they, he has two roles, but you know, what about Clark Kent at the Daily Planet and Clark Kent with Lois Lane getting his romantic schmooze on, right? So look to the people that you look up to. And like, like you said, Navaz, for each of these specific roles, if I'm gonna be a better doctor, well, who's a doctor I'd really want to be like? What do they do? How do they act? How do they show up? Did I meet them? Do I get to meet them? Do I have a, do I, is there a place where I can actually be coached by them? Do they have a book? Am I listening to it? The audio book again and again and again. And so you can literally program any role you want by saying, what is it that I need here? And going and finding someone that has it, borrowing belief, transferring skill, showing up, and actually pretending, you know, like, hey, I want to be more charismatic. I'm going to pretend I'm Matthew McConaughey tonight when I go out to, to wine and dine. I just want to, like, 
I want to be more jovial. I want to like, I want to smile and, and dance more. And there you go. I mean, talk about hitting the next level, you know, jump on the back of someone else. Like literally, uh, you know, like it, you're not doing this alone. Even when it feels like this year feels like a lot of what we're forced to do is we're alone. We're not, not traveling to those events anymore. We're not, you know, we're not doing the things that entrepreneurs and, and go-getters and, and hungry givers tend to want and enjoy doing. So yeah, yeah, I mean, there's this question here of like, you know, what role serves me in this position and what do I need to enhance that role so I can show up? Yeah, it sounds very much like there's a few things that I've kind of picked out from here. The A, number one, clarity. Clarity on who you serve, clarity on who you're responsible for, clarity on who you're responsible to, yeah. clarity on the role that you want to be able to achieve and and the goal that you want to be able to get to, that inspirational kind of uh, aspirational yeah. tool yeah. that you want to go to. So clarity in there absolutely is number one. Number two for me so far, awareness, becoming completely fully aware, becoming completely present, completely engaged. The yeah. words that you're using are so, so powerful when we actually go in and, and put ourselves in a, that position. And I'm guilty of this myself. How many of us in the middle of a conversation with the wife or with a patient will look over at our phone or just kind of be distracted and allow our attention to be taken away? And then obviously that creates a sense of animosity, a sense of negative energy yeah, yeah. within that relationship, within that interaction. And that is even true for time with ourself, right? right? Time with ourself requires us to be present in our body, present in our mind, being aware of our thoughts, being able to, to clarify what's going on in there and fully being present, not allowing distraction to pull us away. Yeah. And then the last one being feedback. Yeah. We have amazing tools telling us whether or not we're showing up. We have tools like our aura rings or our Garmin watches. I've got one literally sitting beside me as well. We have all of these tools showing us uh, what's possible and, and where we are able to show up. So yeah, my aura ring this morning said I'm at 87%, meaning I had really good sleep and I feel like I'm feeling really ready to take on the day. I'm able to prep myself to show up in that position. And that feedback plays such a major role in being able to tell you, did you do something right? Were you present? Were you aware? Yeah. So those three for me, the clarity, the awareness, and the feedback are, are what I'm drawing from what you're talking about. Is there anything more in there? Yeah, no. I mean, with the awareness too, sometimes it's like something is coming to you, but it's just not on the radar. And maybe you have to have that failure or that slip or that fall first before then it shows up. Maybe it's something you're not paying attention to, and that's why you have pain. You know, the, the piece here of feedback, I also want to make sure we're not being all tech-focused because the best feedback I've gotten, was that the result I wanted? Was that what I was hoping for? Where could I have done better? Asking someone that, that you really respect, hey, can I get your opinion? Like, what was it about that where I could have maybe done better? And... That's where I think a lot of people miss the real juicy stuff is they feel that if they get feedback that somehow it needs to be attached to a meaning that's negative, mm -hmm. like you're not good enough. It has nothing to do with that. And, and if you think that it's constantly going to be a justification of, am I good enough right now? Maybe you need to kind of get a little more gratitude in your tool belt and appreciation for what you have and, and realize that people have a lot less than you do. But yeah, this, this feedback piece, it's really important that you start noticing, how's that person reacting to me? Even a complete stranger, are they engaged with you? Are they smiling? Do you light them up? Or do they really want to quickly close the door? That's an indication, right? Look in the mirror, try to understand at a deeper level what it is that maybe you're giving off yeah. because that's a great place to do some work, spend some time. And and again, it's really hard to take the feedback and create an action plan or take some steps of execution unless you have some quiet time free of distraction. Because the more time I spend quiet and calm and relaxed, it's in there where I get my ahas and insights. I don't get it, you know, while I'm on some big event, you know, yeah, I'm making notes and I'm like, okay, that's cool. 
It's that nugget that transfers itself to me, attaches itself to me. And that night I'm like, wow, yeah, that, that actually makes a lot of sense. And so how would I act if I already had that? What would I need to do? What, what are the pivots needed? I love it. I mean, you know, when you start off at clarity or focus without that, good luck having the other habits of energy, courage, productivity, influence, and necessity without clarity. I mean, the lighthouse won't shine its light and the boat won't make it in shore. Forget the fish that's on the boat. That boat's going to capsize if the lighthouse isn't doing its job. And that's really where in 2016, I made a decision to dive deep into the science because funny enough, the thing that people say I have a lot of, which is intentional focus and clarity, that was the thing I had nothing associated with. And it was just a matter of me saying, okay, it sounds like I really need this because I'm not sure what I feel right now, clarity, clarity of what, clarity of whom, focus on what. And so that's where I started my work, you know, and, and looking back now, it's like, oh, that's where clarity of self comes from and growth comes from, right? Is understanding how, how am I being and who do I need to be, yeah. right? And there, there's that showing up because that's the question we've got to ask yourself, like who needs us right now? Who needs us on our A game? Who needs us to step up? Who needs us to take things to another level? Because I'll tell you right now, there's only two directions you can go. One that is focused on having pleasure. Hey, you know, I'm going to sit down tonight. I, I deserve a relaxing evening. Maybe after a long year, I know I friggin' deserve one. And hopefully you do too, to whoever's checking this out. But, you know, if we're constantly focused on pleasure in the instant, that instant gratification, guess what's going to happen later? Sitting on the couch, could that add extra pounds? Could that push off the project that you thought you would have done? And so pain is the other mechanism that we have to leverage and say, hey, you know what, if I continue acting like this right now, what would be possibly the eventual result? What pain or frustration or, or irritation might show up in my life. And so we need to leverage these tools. Tony Robbins talks a lot about these, right? Like, you know, am I feeling the pain? No, no, I am not feeling the pleasure right now in this moment by putting myself out there like Nevada's doing by having a podcast. You know, it's like, hey, I got butterflies. Hey, is it good enough? But I can tell you in a year from now, you want to talk about real pain? Looking back saying, oh shit, I should have done that a year ago. So we can use these motivators to say, hey, like not all pleasure is right now. Like if we can put off and just say, hey, I get the pleasure from doing a great job, a pleasure from completing that task or assignment, getting that project moving forward. I can tell you that's where the big results come from is showing up in the things that seem small or inadequate or why bother doing it you know well because we get to so why not yeah and i think the thing that holds people back from being able to take those positive steps for the things that seem meaningless the things that seem small or are not really great is clarity is knowing yeah. where you want to go having that lighthouse having that goal ahead is what's driving you to do every single stroke of the like every single rowboat stroke to pull yeah. towards that goal, even a single rowboat stroke isn't worth it unless you know where you're going. Yeah. And so that's where people get lost in this without clarity, there's no direction. And without direction, there's no movement. And without movement, there's no yeah. consistency. And yeah. it's a consistent practice to create that movement towards the goal. But the clarity is what's required. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're in the boat, and you're taking that one row where what's the awareness, you know, has my direction changed? Did the winds or the waves move me? You know, a plane most of the time is off course from the trade winds to having the plane then needs to readjust, readjust, readjust. And here's the thing, most people don't readjust until they literally face plant and that's it. Yeah. You know, they're like, they had that big condition show up or they lost their money or the thing closed on them or the relationship was severed. It's like, there were many pivots behind the scene, 
but maybe you weren't aware of them. You know, the opposite of clarity and focus, in my opinion, is being oblivious. Yeah. You know, it's like business, 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 business. Oh, my wife just left me, you know, or, oh, that, that other person is done or business, business, business. And all of a sudden health and your doctor tells you something that you weren't expecting to hear. So having clarity and there's actually just on a, like a final note for clarity here, who am I going to be focusing on you first? Self is the key. And that's not selfish. Actually, I think it's selfless. If, if you're stuck in quicksand and you're like, Hey, let me, while I'm in quicksand, let me pull my daughter and wife out. That's not going to work. You need to get your ass out of there. Grab a handhold foothold, do whatever you have to do. Grab a jungle vine, swing like Tarzan out of that, and then grab your family or grab the loved ones because you're not doing a favor. And this is such a common theme when I'm coaching people is they come in wanting to show up better for their family, but you can tell that they're not showing up for themselves. They haven't created the practices, the disciplines, the bookends on the day. They haven't set up a rhythm, mm -hmm. breaks. They haven't blocked off time for themselves. It's not all about the work. The, the greatest work, if you study all the great prophets and philosophers and artists, they spent a lot of time thinking, right? Not distracted, not watching something. Yeah. So got to have some time just to think. Yeah. Undisturbed. And on that point, I think it's very important to note that the thing that we have control over is how we set up our environment, how we set up the things around us to allow us to be able to step into those roles, to be able to step into the habits and to create that consistency. What are some of the most common things that you notice people tending to, to kind of let go or not allow them to control in their environment that help them or don't help them? In fact, they hinder them and cause them to, to falter and, and fall backwards. So, I mean, that is a big question because there's such a variety, but the thing that stood out was when you said control, right? It's like this. I mean, if you were listening to a radio station and let's say you can't stand heavy metal and the radio station is tuned to heavy metal, you have a choice to either tune in or tune out. You can turn the volume down shut it off, walk away. You don't need the radio right now or change your channel. And so if you actually look at it, it's fun, funny enough, control is one of the 10 human drives that is responsible for helping us feel most alive. And, but the problem is we control the wrong things. Mm -hmm. We focus on trying to control your spouse instead of controlling what's between your ears or controlling how, well, but my husband or wife eats, behaves, does this. Okay. But if you know you need to be doing something differently, then do it. Because I'll tell you right now, role modeling is at an all time low proper role modeling. And in terms of control, control your outlook, control your vision, control of, you know, how I'm looking to the future, control your character, control and identify things that are going to get in your way. And, you know, that control is that, hey, if I'm developing clarity, and I got the lighthouse, I'm going to make sure that even though it's lunchtime, and I'm going to sit down, I'm going to make sure I control for making sure that lighthouse keeps going. That's doing its job. Because most people, they don't have control. And that's why it's easy to lose control. Or they're giving up control yeah. to an external tool. And, and Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, deepest, the deepest work that gets done here, you'll find that, hey, you're controlling your sail instead of the winds. You know what? You're going to get mad at the storm? Or are you just going to adjust your kite? So it doesn't hit the electrical cable and burn a hole through your, your pretty pink kite. Like at, at the end of the day, we have control. And I can tell you right now, the more control somebody works on in the right direction, they will actually reach a point where they realize they don't actually need to have a lot of control. Where it's like, hey, I have faith things are working out for me. You know, it's all good. I know that seems really hard. Like I know anyone on here has gone through some really difficult things, you know, a breakup, a change. I know I have, and this year it's been a lot of big shifts, 
but I always say, hey, I'm looking to the future. And I know this right here doesn't make me feel good. I'm feeling a lot of butterflies right now. And I'm probably going to go walk it out, you know, hot tub it out, vibrate it out, bounce it out, sweat it out, right? Cleanse it out, you know, meditate it in, you know, but then, oh, it worked out after all. And it's funny that if you look at every successful high achiever, high performer, and you study the science, the early work of Napoleon Hill to modern day stuff like Brendan Bouchard, you'll look in between and say, without the pain, there's no progress. Yeah. Without the push, there's no pull. You know, so I, I actually think we need to kind of take the meaning meter down that if something shows up and it slaps you, whether it's a government saying you owe more money, oh, that's an interesting message. What's in there? And, and looking at things from your highest self and saying, hey, you know, I know right now it's hard to show up because I wasn't expecting that. Like even Monday, I'll give you an example. I, day was going by so smoothly. And I was checking, a, actually set up a health and healing clinic. I bought a, additional equipment. Things are really cool right now. And I look at my card and almost $2,000 is on there from an Airways. Qatar Airways. I'm like, what? That's not me. And what do most people do in that moment? Heart starts going, blood pressure goes up, they start sweating. And definitely had it not happened then, they would have gone on a phone call waiting. And by the time I got on a call with the bank, the time I got off, it was two hours. Most people would have dropped off at 30 minutes would have dropped off at 60 minutes, would have taken it somewhere else. It didn't need to go control for the factors you can and say, Hey, it's working out. Even the guy in the fraud department said to me, he goes, Hey, so you mentioned your company, it's health and there's coaching. Yeah. Yeah. Why? And he goes, well, I'm just really impressed by your energy, by your tone. And you're actually really positive. I go, Oh, I, I didn't really notice I was being super positive. This is, this is unfortunate that someone had to take advantage of this card. But if it's going to happen, it's happened. And uh, yeah, I mean, getting mad about it's not going to improve the situation. He goes, you know, I really wish other people showed up like that. He actually said that. Now, that was just a few days back. So it's interesting when the universe sends you a sign, a symptom, a signal, well, what are you going to do about it? Because high achievers, they're decisive. What? Okay, boom. And they pivot. Oh, the lion's coming, right? It's actually in us to make a quick decision. But unfortunately with the, the lethargic nature, the distracted nature of society, it's, it, we're getting bombarded, we're stressed, we're tired, our decision-making, our accuracy is way down and we don't know how to see things through. We're not feeling confident. Good luck showing up. Good luck mastering those roles and being engaged. A big piece of what you're talking about here is is the ability to make those decisions quickly, to be resilient in situations that uh, a lot of people can't show up in that ability or in that in that moment at the best of themselves yeah. and you show up at the best of yourself in each of those because of clarity because you are clear on who you are who you want to be and who you want to show up as that for me is is one of your absolute superpowers that you know how to show up in whatever position it is in whatever situation it is at the best of yourself. And that's what I personally am pulling from you to be able to show up in my life in different positions with yeah. that clarity. Yeah, it, it's, here's the thing, like even right now, you know, oh, I'm telling a story that brings up some emotion. Who am I being right now? You know, you're constantly reminding yourself and it goes back to actually what you said at the beginning, we gotta be conscious. And so habits, conscious behaviors, done repeatedly with the right language, the right feeling, the right state, etc. Like that then progresses you and, and that's who you become. You don't always have to be grabbing at straws. Maybe that's where you are right now or you're, you're in a transition, um, whoever you are. But you know what? That next level, just work for it. You know, be kind, be gentle to yourself, take some breaks and realize that it's all happening to you for a reason. I love it. I absolutely love how you show up. I'm going to, uh, I know we have a bit of a hard stop in the next few minutes. So I really, really appreciate this conversation. I really appreciate you showing up 
and being present here with me and sharing your your superpower with the rest of the world. I'm really excited to uh, continue working together and to continue growing together. And for those who are listening, Andrew is actually going to be starting an energy reboot challenge uh, early July 2021. And January, 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 January yeah. excuse me, I, January 2021. And I highly, highly recommend joining on to this free challenge. I think it's going to be absolutely epic. I've been a part of one myself. I'm going to continue to join every single one that you do from here on out. And I love everything you're doing with the Ultimate Potential Academy. Where can people uh, learn more about you, find out more about the Energy Reboot Challenge and yeah. more about UPA? Yeah, so for now, um, and this is a complimentary challenge because I think it's one of the biggest challenges people are facing right now is not having enough mental, emotional, spiritual, physical energy. So we actually ran one back in October just recently, and it was such a hoot, a lot of fun. Um, so if you're looking for the next level in your energy, you would go to www.energyrebootchallenge.com. You can check more about who I am. And, and again, like, what does this modern crisis look like when it comes to energy and what we have to do to level up and show up at that next level. And then the other thing you had mentioned there, Navaz, thanks, thanks for doing that was for those that had exceptional results, for those that wanted more, we actually opened up the ultimate potential Academy because no matter where you are, no matter where you want to go, there's a gap in between there. And if we can unlock, you know, open up, fire up that inner drive, desire, or truth, you can begin to move towards your definition of freedom. So you can check out information there at ultimatepotentialacademy.com. And uh, yeah, stay tuned. We've got some really big things coming in the new year as well. But, you know, really honored to have you in this journey, my man, and excited to, to share the platform and stages everywhere because as you know, the best view doesn't, you know, come from the easiest climb. It comes from sometimes the most difficult climb. So don't forget to feed your focus. This is Scopic Focused, Focus Scopic, over and out. Thank you so much. Love you, brother. Amazing conversation. And I'm sure we will continue this conversation on in a future podcast for sure. Thank you all for Absolutely. listening. Have a wonderful day. And uh, if you want to learn more, check out our show notes. All of the links that Andrew talked about will be in there. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Thanks for tuning in.